What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Chatter Up, episode 16, with your hosts, myself, Bobby Rubin, and the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, Jared Wiseman. Wow, I am at a loss for words right now, Bobby. You're going to have to pick this up for me right now. Yeah, no problem. Absolutely. Well, we have an amazing show for you guys. And since you're listening to this and you're probably listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, go ahead, give us a rating, a review, subscribe, because what we're offering you is phenomenal entertainment from your day or from your week. And why would you not? The best content out there right here. 100%. And that content begins right now. We're about to get into a whole bunch of different things. We have another What Did I Miss segment where we'll get into the headlines of the previous week in sports. We'll do another trivia segment. We have a great guest this week in Brady Tretanero, a writer for the Vancouver Canucks and huge into the NHL. And we'll also get into a whole bunch of fun and games and a whole lot more. Jared, have you ever been more ready for anything in your entire life? Bobby, the playoffs are here, the NHL, the NBA, and the Chatter Up playoffs are here. I'm ready for a freaking playoff game. Then let's do this, and let's Chatter Up. All right, Jared, let's not waste any time. Another big week in sports. We've missed a ton of things. Let's just jump right into it. Jared, what did we miss this week? Well, Bobby, for sure, the biggest sports story of the week got the most airtime is that the Big Ten Conference canceled all fall sports. Shortly after, the Pac-12 announced the same, that they were canceling fall sports. The other Power 5 conferences is kind of still up in the air. It looks like they, they're trying to go forward with it. I don't really know if it's going to happen. Do you think we'll have college football in any form this year, Bobby? If by this year you're referring to 2020, then yes. But it, I think one of the interesting things is the Pac-12 not only canceled it for the fall, they canceled it for the entire year which is a huge move considering that I think everyone's anticipating there to be some kind of vaccine for this thing by spring or summer of 2021. It's interesting because the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC have all pretty much said, like, we're going to run with this. And it's, it's odd because can you really have a college football season? Or I guess for better, can you have a college football playoff and a championship if you don't have teams like Ohio State there or Michigan State or Oregon it's weird. I think to answer your question, yes, there will be some form of college football. Is it going to be anything that any of us should really care about? It's hard for me to say that. It's like playing a baseball season, taking out the Yankees. Like, come on. Yeah, there's so many ramifications that come from the fallout of this. I mean, you feel bad for all of the, first of all, the players, like the guys that are seniors, this is like their last year of eligibility. And maybe the NCAA will somehow work it so that they can get another year of eligibility. I don't think they did that, though, with the NCAA tournament back in March, which was canceled. I don't think the seniors on those teams are getting another year of eligibility. So I don't know if they could do it here. You feel bad for those guys, though. You feel bad for all the people that work at these stadiums now, like, won't have mm -hmm. jobs moving mm -hmm. forward from this. And then, on, you know, on a much smaller level, just like the, the ramifications of the draft. How does the NFL draft work? Is, do they have to push that back if they do – spring college football will all top prospects just not play if they do spring football because they're going to say well like i'm a semester away basically from getting drafted i pretty much can only hurt my stock right now right like a guy like trevor lawrence is probably going number one for sure top five right even if he doesn't play at all this year 
the only thing that can happen, I guess, is what happened to Tua last year, right? Like he got hurt and his draft stock dropped. He ended up still going high, but he, you know, there's a good chance he would have been the number one pick had he not gotten hurt. And so you wonder how that whole thing shakes out. It's just, it's a very, very strange time in college sports right now. Yeah, but on the flip side of that, take a look at a guy like Joe Burrow. You think Joe Burrow goes number one overall if he doesn't play that last season? I mean, he had a historic season. Who knows if he even goes in the first round? I mean, sure, maybe, you know, he was a good talent before that. But, this, you know, generational season. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. So what do you do if you're an NFL team? You know, they talked about pushing the draft back. You know, I think they said you could, according to the CBA, you could push it back maybe a couple weeks is that really going to matter? And probably not. You know, these guys aren't going to play. And if they don't play, then what are you left with? You take a risk on a guy that maybe has showed promise in the past. It's, it's an absolute disaster. And I have no idea what these guys are going to do. Another team that doesn't know what they're going to do, but is also trying to figure it out, is Nebraska. A member, or a more recent member, we should say, of the Big Ten, who has now been canceled for their fall sports, has come out, their coach has come out and said, we're committed to playing college football this year. This year meaning in the fall, in fall 2020. Do you see them playing outside of the Big Ten and creating their own schedule? No, absolutely not. I don't know how that would work. Plus, I don't think the Big Ten would be particularly happy about one of its member schools just abandoning the conference and doing its own thing. And then you assume, let's say next year, when things get back to normal, and Nebraska's like, okay, cool, we're ready to come back to the Big Ten because, you know, that's how we make all of our money, this giant Big Ten television contract that we get proceeds from. Would the Big Ten just be like, cool, yeah, welcome back. I know, like, you kind of seceded from us last year, but, like, hey, why don't you come on back? It's not like, look, Nebraska's a big-time program. It's been a while, though, since they've been successful. It's not Ohio State. It's not Michigan. I just don't see how this is really feasible. I guess good for Scott Foster for talking tough, but I don't see it at all. Yeah, I totally agree. There, there was a, an ESPN commentator that came out that said he thinks that Nebraska should be completely banned from the Big Ten at this point to try and like play elsewhere, which I think is going a little bit too far. But this is crazy. Also, everyone's coming out and being angry about this in the perspective that this is bad for all the athletes. When in reality, the whole point of this, like everybody's trying to do what's best for the student athletes, for the people involved, because it's a pandemic and we don't have a vaccine. It's like people need to wrap their heads around that it's okay. Things are going to be all right, but you need to do what's best for the students. And clearly the people who know enough here, the people who are informed about this, the scientists, the researchers are saying this isn't a safe thing to do. So Nebraska needs to calm down and go sit down because it's ridiculous. But do you think the, the rationale behind this decision from, from these, you know, these conferences really, is it about the student athletes or it's more like, hey, we don't want to get sued if somebody gets coronavirus? There's definitely a piece of this that has some law aspect to it. And you, of course, being the lawyer would bring that up. Why am I not <laughs> surprised? But yeah, I, I mean, look, there is no incentive to not play that is monetary, right? They're losing out on so much money. Billions of dollars, really. And so, yes, I think there's an aspect there, but it, it has to be more so that, like, I mean, I mean, sure. You know what? Look, these guys are all part of the NCAA. There's always some crooked, shady thing going on. So I, I, there has to be a part of that. And also, I also have to think that the doctors and researchers here are just saying, like, hey, 
this is just not a good idea to be playing football, which then brings into question is the, what's the NFL going to do. But that's, that's another conversation. Yeah. We talked about it previously. I mean, we're certainly weren't the only ones, but the NFL, at least those guys are getting paid. They can make that decision on their own, but college athletes you're, to be out there doing this for free, just making money for the school. I, I mean, we kind of figured a, a while back, this wasn't going to work. You know, it is working right now, Bobby, the NHL playoffs and specifically the lightning blue jackets game one which went to five overtimes. I'll say that again, five overtimes. Bobby, have you ever seen anything like that? The only thing that comes to mind that is even remotely close to this was the UConn-Syracuse game years ago. I think it was six overtimes in the Big East tournament. Yep. I mean, that was just a crazy game, and and this was kind of no different. I mean, this was just a marathon. And in any sport where these kinds of things happen, it's compelling you know, you think back to the eisner Mahout tennis match that nobody really cared that much about that tennis match. But because it went on for so long, you know, it becomes this crazy thing. I, I think it's great. And as a guy who's not super into hockey, I mean, I think that's an awesome thing. And it had the added element of sudden death, right, which those other things, particularly the, the basketball, doesn't have, right? Like there's a clock on that, you know, when it's over with playoff hockey overtime. It's just like you're on the edge of your seat the entire time because it's sudden death. I saw, I wish I could credit the person who tweeted this, but I forgot who it was, but I saw somebody tweeted something like to watch the third overtime of blue jackets lightning, but I decided I want to do something less intense. So I did like a mound of cocaine and jumped out of a helicopter. <laughs> Cause it really was. I mean, it was just like unbelievable to, to be sitting there for five overtimes knowing like the next goal wins the game. And, I mean, props to those guys for going five overtimes. I saw Seth Jones, who's a, a Blue Jackets defenseman, played 65 minutes of, of ice time, which I think is an NHL record. Just, it's I mean, the physical toll that, that that must take on you. And then to play, what, two days later, I think it was a great showcase for the NHL. The playoffs are always like that, right? Because casual hockey fans like me or you, who aren't going to watch every regular season game, will watch the playoff games because of that, that factor of, of sudden death, knowing the next goal wins. And that's always that's not new to the playoffs this year. So I don't know how many more people that brings in overall, but for sure the NHL playoffs are always going to bring in more people for that factor. Yeah, you just have an unbelievable amount of respect for those athletes. And on the topic of respect, let's shift gears and go to baseball and talk about the Houston Astros and the Oakland A's brawl and subsequent punishments. There's no love loss here. Let's just be clear. So the Houston Astros threw at Ramon Laureano, an outfielder, center fielder for the Oakland Athletics, twice. Ramon Laureano wound up getting into a argument, per se, with the Astros hitting coach Alex Cintron from the bench. Keep in mind, not a player, the coach. And then Laureano charges. He gets taken down, a brawl ensues. Cintron winds up getting 20 games. Laureano winds up getting six games. Thoughts on this, Jared, in the ridiculous season that already is baseball? Yeah, we've alluded to the feeling that the Astros evoke in us and, and all baseball fans in previous podcasts. Like you said, no love lost for anything on the Astros. I think there's a lot of people out there that are taking joy in the fact that Jose Altuve and George Springer are both hitting below mm-hmm. 200. And this is we talked about in the offseason. This is like what you wanted to see. We're, look, neither of us, I don't think, are advocating for like throwing at guys' heads. That's definitely off the table. But in terms of like making life difficult for the Astros and just like rendering some sort of punishment considering that the players face none for major league baseball for cheating 
who could not be on the side of like Ramon Laureano here? And Cintrone, what a weak move. Like he calls out Cintr- uh, Laureano, like motions for him to come fight. Ends up being like hiding behind three guys. I thought, I honestly, I thought baseball should have suspended him for the season. Like he's, he's not an essential part of the Astros, right? He's not a player. And you have these protocols in place where you're trying to limit this exact thing. And now you have this hitting coach who really was the one that sparked this whole thing, right? Like he wasn't the one that throwing at Laureano, but he was the one motioning for him to come fight. So like, if, if you're going to be serious about this then suspend him for the whole season, it's not like it's a regular season anyway. Yeah. It was such a coward move on his part. And not to say that I condone acts of Laureano and, and people like that charging into the dugout, but I mean, look, Laureano and Joe Kelly right now are on the same level of like being lauded as heroes, which is great. And they should be. And also Centrone's such an idiot. I mean, come on. You want you're trying to get involved in this? This reminds me of when like when Pedro Martinez threw down Don Zimmer, and it's like, what is what is Don Zimmer doing out there? Come on. Like, what are you doing here? And Cintron has no business, especially the hitting coach with all the banging that was going on. I mean, come on, man. Like, lay low. And I'm with you. I would have suspended him for the season, especially in a 60-game season where, like, people are already questioning the validity of things. Yeah, throw him out. Whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Absolute garbage. Bobby, you know what time it is right now? Time is it. It is Dame time, oh, it baby. it is definitely Dame time. Dame Lillard on an all-time tear this week goes for 51 points, which is always cool to see a guy go for 50, and follows it up by topping it with 61 points, carries his team to the playoffs. They win the game against the Nets to ensure that they move on to the play-in game. Dame goes for 40, has a steal at the end that cements the win, basically. And then they beat Memphis in the play-in game. So Dame really carries his team into the playoffs. Bobby, is it time to start talking about Damian Lillard as one of the best players in the NBA? If you're saying one of the best as top five, it's going to be hard for me to argue against that. If you have guys that we put ahead of him, like LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, and then it starts to get a little hairy, like maybe AD, maybe Harden. I have to put Damian Lillard in there. I mean, he was just named the MVP of the bubble, rightfully so. I mean, I can't believe there'd be anybody else that they put there. But he literally carried that team. Granted, Nurkic was back. Had a great game on Saturday, 2020. I mean, come on. But he alone is the reason that they're in the playoffs. And really, in my mind, have a shot at making this Lakers series a real thing. But he, he's absolutely a top five player in the NBA. You disagree? Right now, it's hard to disagree. I think those three guys that you mentioned would definitely be ranked ahead of him. But you're right. After that, it's, it's a conversation with all these guys. And I think it's finally time. Look, it's hard for me to say he was underrated before this because everybody knows Damian Lillard. He goes to the All-Star game every year. He's like regarded as one of the best point guards in the league in the categories of, of whoever you want to put as the top guys. He's there. But I do think he's been somewhat underappreciated playing in Portland. Sure. I mean, they've been to the Western Conference Finals a couple of times in his career, but they've never really been a threat, you know, the most recent time Golden State swept them in four games. And again, you know, in the broader context, they're the eight seed, right? It's not like they're going into this as the number one seed, a real contender to win the finals. Maybe you disagree, but, but at the same time, to have a run like that, you just, you have to give all the credit in the world to him. Yeah. And he's pulling up now from Steph Curry range. And the way, like, it's just so casual, which is what's amazing to me about it. Like, it's one thing when you see a guy 
heave like a 70 footer, which is cool, but it doesn't look like a normal shot. Obviously like to see Damian Lillard, just pull up from half court, basically like a normal shot from the and logo. just like casually flip it in. It's nuts. Literally stepped on the logo and pulled up and nothing but net. I mean, it's unguardable. He has to be in the top five. If we stay on the postseason just for a second, and we just want to talk about Portland really quick. Portland Lakers, it's the 1-8 seed. Nurkic wasn't playing for most of the season before this. They make their way to the 8 seed. Do the Lakers have something to be nervous about? Or is everyone, including us, overplaying this and LeBron will just have a very easy four or five game series? I guess it depends what we mean by nervous. Do I think there's a realistic chance they lose the series? Probably not. Like, I think Dame can probably steal a game or two if he, if he continues to be this hot. And the Lakers, I think losing Avery Bradley is going to hurt them a little bit because they don't really have anyone to put on Lillard that is really capable of slowing him down, where Bradley might have been able to do that. But it's hard for one guy to win an entire series by himself, particularly when, like we said, I mean, you can make a case that he's the second best player in this series, but you can just as well make a case that he's the third best player and that the Lakers have the two best. And so it's hard for me to see him continuing this run against a team like the Lakers. I think it's going to be a little bit more than that. I think we're undervaluing guys like McCullum and Nurkic here. Nurkic push up 20 and 20. Now, is that really going to happen every game? No. But if he puts up 20 and 10, 15 and 15, and McCollum throws another 25 in there, including Dame, if he goes off and, you know, let's say he throws up 35 a game. I mean, this is going to be a really competitive series. I don't think that they're going to catch the Lakers off guard just because of all the hype that's been going into this. I think LeBron is ready. I also think, similar to what you said to Lillard, LeBron's unguardable. He's just, it's just hopefully you can like stop him enough. And so, no, I don't think the Lakers are going to lose. I do think it's going to be a really hard-fought six and maybe even seven. And the one thing we can't predict is the Blazers have now been playing playoff games for since they got to the bubble, basically, because it's, their season's on the line basically every game. It's been a while since the Lakers played a game that actually mattered. Maybe it's not so easy for them to flip the switch. I wouldn't be too worried about it, but, you know, that's one thing that maybe plays in the Blazers' favor. But speaking of the playoffs overall, Bobby, outside of this Portland-Lakers matchup, do you, is there one series that excites you more than the others? Yeah, I mean, a lot of these are super interesting to me. I think the Heat Pacers are super interesting. I think Thunder Rockets, just because, like, our previous conversations – I think would be super interesting. The one that's really sticking out to me, though, is the 76ers and the Celtics, I think is going to be fascinating because both of these teams, I believe, have it in them to make a run at the finals out of the East. I don't think you and I are going to disagree that the Bucks are the team to beat in the East and are probably the ones that are going to come out with it. But Embiid is arguably one of the best, if not the best, big man in the game. When he's on, he's on. And the Celtics have a ton of talent. I mean, a ton of talent, a lot of depth. I think this is going to be a super fun series to watch and one to keep an eye on. And you've got the history there, right? A great rivalry going back a long time to the Dr. J. Larry Bird mm-hmm. days. And I, and I think it'll be interesting to see what, what the 76ers look like without Ben Simmons now. Ben Simmons is really a polarizing player. Guy is a really good player. There's no question that he helps the Sixers more than he hurts them. But there are times that you watch the Sixers without Simmons on the floor and it just looks like a smoother mm-hmm. running offense because Simmons is just, you know, he, can't, he doesn't shoot the three ball. So he's like kind of clogs the paint when he's in there with Embiid sometimes. And I think 
maybe in the short term, they might be better off. Do I think they, they can win the finals with Adam? Probably not. But who knows how they adjust to it in the short mm-hmm. term. I was going to go with Bucks Magic. Wow. I was not, I was not going to go with Bucks Magic. <laughs> I was going to say, I was, I was surprised. One that I'm looking forward to is Mavs Clippers. I think, like, the Clippers came into the season as one of the favorites to come out of the West. They remained that, but they didn't get the number one seed. It was a weird season for them. Played so few games with their big dogs all in there at the same time. Felt like they didn't really care about the regular season, which you can understand to a degree. And the Mavs are just a fun watch, right? The Mavs offense, led by Luka, they, they put up an insane amount of points every game. They don't play any defense, which is why I don't think they ultimately have a chance to beat the Clippers. But I, I think it's going to make for a very entertaining series. Luka's fun to watch no matter when he plays, no matter who he plays against. You know he's going to put up crazy numbers. And yeah, to watch the Clippers is also so fun no matter what. I, I agree. I don't think it's going to be super competitive, but it will definitely be super fun. And let's finish off with something that is super fun, super heartwarming. Alex Smith, who really had his life on the line after having a catastrophic injury, has been officially activated off of the physically unable to perform list and is now on the Redskins. Oh, sorry, the Washington football team's roster. Nice catch. Really good news. I applaud Alex Smith. It is a heroic story and something that I think we can all feel good about. Very cool. It's awesome. It, I, I think you get a feel for how much playing football means to Alex Smith because he's made a lot of money in his career. Like you said, his life was on the line came close to losing that leg in one of the worst football injuries you'll ever see. And it would have been super easy for him to be like, you know what, I'm done. And, and no one would have blamed him for that. And he would have lived the rest of his life with all of his money and who maybe working on TV, but he, he worked his butt off to get back. And who know? look, I don't know if he's ever going to play another snap for the Washington football team or anybody else, but to even get to this point is an awesome, inspiring yeah, thing. Totally agree. I think, I think we all have something that we can learn from Alex Smith. Don't play for the Redskins. Let's not push it. So, Bobby, we want to welcome in right now Brady Tretanero. He's a hockey writer, a digital content producer. He writes for the Canucks, the Nation Network, and Sports Betting Dime. And he founded his own site, Gino Hard, where he covers hockey in a fun and, and a different kind of way that I think people would really enjoy. Brady, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing good. Obviously, the playoffs are in full swing right now. Many of these series are, I think everyone's at least two games in. A lot of them are three games in, even at this point. But I think the big story of the week was the five-overtime game between the Lightning and the Blue Jackets. Have you ever seen anything like that? Did it remind you of any other games that you've covered in the past? I mean, no. I mean, like, it was unprecedented for me. And, you know, I guess for me, like, you have your your double overtimes and those type of games that, that I can remember. But, I mean, you look at a game that goes this long, I mean... It's just something you don't see very, very often. I think that's that's what kind of made it made it so unique and, and special. And I think kind of even though it's kind of this unique format that that's also unprecedented, I think we're all still going to kind of look back on this game one day and just go like, wow, that was something else. Is there any kind of lack of legitimacy that you would give to these playoffs because it's such a weird format and things are a little different? Or, or is the champion here really the champion? Yeah, I've gone back and back and forth on that a little bit. I think at when I first heard about it, I was kind of thinking that you know there might be that that asterisk or whatever beside it. But I think the more that I've kind of thought about it, and the more it's gone on, it's really a grind. And you know, everybody's on on equal playing field. Yeah, it's it's different than the typical thing. But even for things that are in qualifying round, they also had to win that round and then 
you know, win the, win the normal amount of rounds if they're going to want to win the cup. So when you really kind of look at the big picture and the compressed schedule, I think it's going to be the same legitimacy and that same value. And it's, it's going to all count the same. Is there any one particular series, Brady, that you're keeping your eye on? Yeah, being based out of Vancouver, BC, definitely been uh, digging the Canucks for Blues series um, just because Canucks are a really fun team to watch with their young stars and everything. And I'm really intrigued to see if St. Louis, you know, as the defending champs, if they're going to put up a fight and kind of rally back. And then in the East, I'm intrigued by the Philadelphia-Montreal series because Montreal is trying, you know, I think they're doing something pretty cool here as, you know, really playing that underdog role against the powerhouse, first the Penguins and now the Flyers. So I'm intrigued to see if they can keep that going. If we had to put you on the spot right now, are you going to yeah. t- are you going to take your your hometown Canucks to go all the way with this or are you you going somewhere else to win the cup? Yeah, I mean my bias doesn't go doesn't go that far. <laughs> I'd take them in my bracket over the Blues. So that was kind of I thought kind of like that pick that I was like, yeah, you know what? I I think they can knock off the Blues, but the Canucks aren't quite going to make it all the way in my opinion, but I do like their chances of, you know, finishing off the Blues. You mentioned Pittsburgh previously, Brady, mm-hmm. and I wanted to ask you a question about them. They, yeah. They've had a disappointing end to their season now, two years in a row, getting swept out of the playoffs last year by the Islanders. This year, not even getting out of the qualifying round. Do you think it's time for them to kind of shake things up and change the core of that team? Uh, that's tough. That's tough because, you know, I think you, you never want to kind of go against – Sidney Crosby and, and Evgeny Malkin because, you know, you know the town's still there. I've seen it, you know, on numerous times throughout the regular season. It's just it's just disappointing what, what they've turned in, in the playoffs these last couple of years. So I definitely do think changes are going to be needed. And that's kind of what the, what the team has already mentioned, that there's going to be changes. But I still think this is a really good roster. But I think they do need to make make some changes, especially on, on the back end and kind of figure things out. Because on paper, I still think this is a talented roster, but the, the window is definitely closing if, if they want to win another cup with this group. So if we stay on the topic of teams that have lost, you know, any team that loses obviously immediately starts looking towards the draft and the draft lottery just happened and, and the yeah. Rangers came out on top. So first question, should the Rangers keep that pick or should they trade it? And do you have any other thoughts on the, on the draft or the draft lottery? Yeah, I mean, just that it, that it was nuts, kind of how, how that all played out, how, you know, a team that was going to be lose, uh, losing in that qualifying round was going to get the first pick. I mean, that's just crazy to me that, that that's the scenario that ended up playing out. And for the Rangers, whenever you throw around kind of the, the idea of a first overall pick, it's really going to depend on kind of the talent that's there every year. And I think you just can't trade an Alexis Lafreniere just because he's going to be an incredible player. You know, you've seen it pretty much on every stage that he's played at, including the world juniors, how he can take over games. And I think the Rangers, you know, they do have quite a bit on offense, especially with, you know, their, their recent pick of Capo Caco. But I think they're going to need to to hold on to Lafreniere, and if if anything, move move some pieces maybe around to make sure that he fits into the picture because I think he's just too good. 
being based in New York, Brady, I can <laughs> tell you that that my Twitter timeline was blowing up once the Rangers, what you know, was revealed that they won the lottery, <clears throat> and all I kept reading from Ranger fans was like the dynasty starts today between, like you said, Lafreniere and Zibanejad, and, and Chesterkin has obviously looked good yeah. this season. If you were ranking your top five teams with a chance to win a cup in the next five years, do you think you'd have them there? Yeah. I mean, I'm really big on the Rangers, and I actually I had them as my pick over Carolina in that round, and and, and you know to get into the playoffs, the qualifying round. And I'm not too sure what happened with with because they didn't look anything really like the team that I saw in that stretch leading up to the pause. Because they look, I think you know when you look at that stretch that that they went through there, where they surged up the standings towards you know before the season got paused. I think you were seeing this team at, at their full potential. And there's so much to like about the Rangers. I think Adam Fox is one of the, the best underrated D-men in the game. I just love watching him play. And in, in the crease is kind of what, what, what I'm fascinated. I do think I was really expecting um, Shesterkin to kind of have this kind of breakout playoff. You know, he, he'd start game one and all this. And there's some issues there. So had to be Lundqvist, and that kind of threw a wrench into everything. But I do think this is a very good Rangers team, and they're loaded. I think that they're going to be a contender for many, many years now. Do you think we've seen the end of Henrik Lundqvist, or do you think he has another, uh, uh, another run in him somewhere else? Yeah. So, I mean, in New York, I think because, just because when you look at Shesterkin, pretty much put up incredible numbers at everywhere he's played. He's... He's just so talented, and I think it's just that time where you've got to go with him. And I don't know if Lundqvist would necessarily be content with the backup role because you've also got Georgiev. So I do think it's going to be the end of Lundqvist in, in New York. And, I mean, it's just hard to picture him playing anywhere else, but I do think his time is coming to an end. But, but what a run it was. So, Brady, during COVID when there were no sports, obviously people who were betting on sports were, were – clamoring for something and now that sports have come out of it there's obviously a yeah. lot of sports betting going on do you have any like big or or let's say uh special nhl picks or bets that you could give to our listeners yeah i think when you're looking for value and you're trying to bet on games you've got to kind of get ahead of the odds makers in, in certain series so for, for example when in this second round you know, the Canucks and the Blues, the Canucks have been like pretty decent underdogs, you know, through through every game. And they're still listed as underdogs for game three. So that's kind of the value you want to jump on because that's going to be plus money. So, if, you know, if you had bet them on the money line for those two games, you would be profiting. So so looking for kind of underdog bets, um, Calgary right now is, the you know, still being listed as the underdog to, to, to Dallas and... So, you know, just jumping on that value and then also looking for, for the unders in certain games because that's also going to pay off when you've got good goalies. So that's something that's kind of happening in the Arizona-Colorado series is you've got this really good Arizona goalie in Darcy Coyotes just struggle to score. So there's always low totals in that game and the odds makers just haven't really caught up yet. So if you can find the value and, and kind of bet the under there, you're going to profit. Brady, thank you so much. We, we really appreciate you jumping on with us and giving us your take on, on the playoffs and, and the lottery and everything else that we touched on. Before we let you go, why don't you just tell our listeners where uh, where they could find you and, and what you got going on right now? 
Yeah, for sure. I'm contributing for a few places. You can always find me on Twitter. I'm at Brady Tret, and you can also check out the new site that I'm trying to get going and kind of pick up some steam. I'm going to be putting a lot of effort into it soon. Uh, it's chinohard.com. So yeah, thank you guys for having me. Thanks so much, Brady. We really appreciate the time. Yeah, for sure. No worries, guys. All right, here we go. Jared, it's trivia time. This week, Jared, you are coming off a huge victory last week against, obviously, the greatest, myself, and also against Barstool's own Frank the Tank, Frank Fleming. You, uh, you feeling confident? Yeah, man, I'm feeling myself a little bit here. You know, it was good to be humbled a couple weeks ago by you, lit that fire under my butt, and I feel like I'm back. Okay, all right, then uh, let's, let's wel- welcome in our, our, uh, our master, our quiz master, Jeremy Tuck. How's it going, man? It's going well, watching some hockey. How about you guys? All is well. All is well. My Orioles are 12 and 9, so I can't really complain right now. You shouldn't after last year. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a Yankees fan for everybody who know, doesn't know, so uh, I can make fun of him for that. Anyway, if everyone remembers the Name That Player game, which was, I think, our debut quiz, uh, we're, it's back this week. Some new categories. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to the old ones another time. We have Jared and Bobby here. Uh, Jared, I'm going to give you the first choice in categories because you won last week. How's that it, sound? Bobby, you were going to say that one? Is one of the answers Todd Hollinsworth, just to be clear? <laughs> uh, no. Okay, uh, you guys used them. Okay, great. So <laughs> even, even when we return to that next one, you will not find Todd Hollinsworth again. <laughs> All right, Jared, you're up, man. <laughs> All right, so what are my choices? All right, so your first three choices are the old rookies of the, rookie of the years, mm-hmm. the golden oldies. These players were all the oldest player in their respective league and second overall picks because everyone remembers number two. It's a running theme. Right, okay. Let's go, let's go rookie of the year. All right, A, B, or C? Let's go C. All right, this man is 46 years old. He played 1,861 games, last for the Seattle Mariners. Okay. Care to hazard a guess? No. So he is 5'11 and weighs at 175 pounds. Keep it moving. Sounds like me. Do you want to guess yourself? Yeah, I could guess myself, right? That's a great idea. He was not drafted. Okay, so surprise rookie of the year. Interesting. Okay. Okay. You guys have any guesses yet? No. You no, said he no. he last played for the Mariners, right? Not debuted Correct. with them. Okay. And and to be clear, you said that he played just over eighteen hundred games. Yes. Okay. okay. Keep going. Uh, he played in nineteen seasons. Now for eight points. <sighs> okay, so he last played for the Mariners. He's forty six. Played nineteen seasons. Mm, I'm not going to throw anything out yet. I'm just trying to do some math real quick to think about what year about this might be. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Keep going. Uh, his home nation is Japan for seven points. I'm just going to do it. Ichiro. I, that was going <laughs> to. Yeah. That was the giveaway. Ichiro's correct. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. So that's a touchdown for Jared. Um, I'm sorry, Bobby. I saw it in your face. You were like, we're ready to throw oh, right, it out. Okay. I had to just jump on it. I, I, I respect that. 
I, I actually thought it would go earlier. The other two guys that I have in this category are way less noticeable, especially once you talk about the uh, home nation. So, Chris Boyles. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a real person. <laughs> anyway, so that's seven for Bobby. Uh, seven for Jared. Sorry. Uh, Bobby, you get the uh, you get the next categories. All right. The first category to choose from is Backyard Baseball 2001 Players. Iron Glovers, uh, a player who led their league in errors, or human batting practice, a player who led their league in giving up home runs. Those are all actually pretty tempting, but I'm. I'm I think go. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, though. this this is this is a, a, a fun one for me. I'm going to take backyard baseball 2001. <laughs> fun side note: I just started playing the original game. It's amazing. The, the <laughs> baseball makes no sense at all, but it's amazing. Anyway, A, B, or C, Bobby. Uh, let's go with B for Bobby. B for Bobby. Okay, this player is 51 years old. He played in 1,694 games last for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Sorry, this player is how old? 51. 51. You want to guess Pete Wheeler or no? Yeah, I was, I was going to say <laughs> maybe, maybe Jacinda Smith. Um, I'm not going to guess yet. Me neither. Uh, okay. Uh, he's six feet tall and 190 pounds, a.k.a. a baseball player. Keep it moving. Yeah. Uh, for nine points, he was a first-round pick by the New York Mets. Oh, okay. I'm not guessing it yet. Hold on. Bob, Bobby, if Jared, if Jared doesn't know, I'm not sure how you'll get it. I have an idea, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, he played 14 seasons in Major League Baseball. Keep going. Bobby, do yeah, I have your approval? Yeah, yeah moving forward. All right, for seven points, he is from the United States. Super helpful. Should I go for the position? Yes. Yeah, go for it. He's an outfielder. Outfielder, backyard baseball, Pirates, Mets draft pick. I got nothing. Uh, okay, for five points, his wins above replacement for his career is 19.9. That's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat, how many seasons he played? 14. And you said he was an outfielder, Tuck? Yes. He played 14 seasons, and it was 19 war. I mean, that's... About one and change a season. Yeah. It's pretty bad. That's not such that's a good player. relatively average, and yet he showed up in a video game. <sighs> do you, So do you remember the Pirates rep in that game, Bobby? I do. I think so. I know exactly who okay. it was. Do, and and uh, I think I do as well. And and I'm not. we're not going to throw it out here, but that, that guy was not an outfielder. That guy was definitely not an outfielder. So it could have been a guy in the Pirates. It wasn't the Mets rep either. So it was someone who played for neither of those teams. Well, or someone who was in the game for a different team. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. Because the Pirates... We're on the same page. Jason Kendall, right? Like, yes. Okay, great. Yes, it's and the not... Mets was Mike Piazza. Right, right. I could tell you that both of those are correct and neither of those are the guy I'm looking at. So right. you are you guys are going great so far. Like I have, Working I out have, the logic together. I have yeah. some outfielders that I'm thinking of, but I, these guys were good. Right. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push it forward. I don't have a guess here. Same, same. All right, uh, he had 1,447 career hits. It's about 100 a season on average. That's also not good. Right, so like who was bad in backyard? You only remember like the good guys, you know, yeah, like yeah. Griffey and A-Rod. Who was like, who didn't deserve to be in the game? How old did you say they were, 51? Uh, yeah, 51. 
I oh man, I'm like going through the bench. As you can yeah, scroll I know. Through the bench. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to like go by team in my head, but it did, I didn't get very far. Am I giving you the home runs? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ready to hear it, Jared. Yep. Uh, 315 home runs. Yeah, a little bit of pop. Yeah. 315 home runs is a bunch of home runs. I have. I I. Oh, man, I don't think it was this guy. I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm gonna throw a name out there and then sure. let Jared have it if I'm wrong. Go ahead. Is it Juan Gonzalez? It is not. That's a great guess. I believe Juan Gonzalez is the Tigers rep in that game. Yeah. Juan Gon. Yeah. I'm sure that was the nickname they gave him. For sure. Uh, Jared, care to wager a guess? No, keep going. All right. He played between the years of 1993 and 2006. So he, he was a rookie in 93? Yep. So he was around. I mean, I'm really lost here. I really keep going, Tuck, but I, I don't, I'm not seeing any light at the end of this tunnel. Well, you get one hint left, and that's every team he played for. Okay. Uh, the Mets, Indians, Brewers, Dodgers, Rockies, Cubs, and Pirates. Wow. Okay, this guy. Can you repeat those teams? I know I don't have any guesses anymore. Um, yeah, sure. Mets, Indians, Brewers, Dodgers, Rockies, Cubs, Pirates. And I know what your logic is, Bobby. Jared, th- you can think. I think your I logic is. is you're trying to figure out who the player reps were for every one of those teams, and, and I, who yeah, you, yep. and, and who's the guy that you, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I do not have an answer, Bobby. If you've got one, just for just for the fun of it, you could throw it out. Sure, I'll give you half a point. I, it's just one of two. I'm just is any chance it's Jeremy Burnett's? It is Jeremy Burnett. Nice, Ooh. Bobby. Nice. Half, half a point for the heck of it. Half a point. Just to break a tie. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, okay. So, Jared, we're going to loop around. We're going to give you the everyone's favorite one voters. One vote for the Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, uh, golden oldies or second overall picks? Because you mentioned it's the theme of this segment often, let's go second overall picks. All right. A, B, or C? A. I was hoping you'd say that. This man is 74 years old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He played 2,820 games, last for the Oakland A's. Keep going. All right. Uh, Bobby? No. Carido- okay, yeah. Uh, six feet, 195 pounds. Keep going. I've always said that I was six feet. He was picked, obviously, in the first round by the Kansas City Athletics. Okay. 74. Yeah. Probably, probably picked when he was, what, 18, maybe 21. I don't know the protocol from drafting way back then. Yeah, so keep going. At least 50 years ago. Um, 21 seasons in Major League Baseball. Keep going, yeah. I, I, have, I have like a, a, I have a hinch. I'm sorry, I have a hunch. Hunch. Everyone's um, talking about hinch for some reason. <laughs> I have a hinch, <laughs> but I'm not ready to throw him out yet. All right, he's American for seven points. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played right field. Yeah, Reggie Jackson. There you go. Nice work. Nice work. I I know that because the Mets had the number one pick in that draft and didn't take him. Uh, Who'd they get? Some no-name catcher. I I forgot the guy's name. I'm not even sure he ever played in the majors. Uh, Well, that's pretty on par with, like, a lot of picks. A lot of first-round draft picks. No, no, not just just the Mets. The Orioles, too. Anyway. Yeah, might as well. Okay, um, so it's 13 to a half. Bobby, 
uh, we're going to give you the Iron Glovers Human Batting Practice or the One Voters because we haven't done those yet. The One Voters for the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. A, B, or C? C. All right. This man is 53 years old. Played 627 games last for the Boston Red Sox. Keep going. 6'2", 210 is his height and weight. Keep going. He was an eighth-round pick by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Nope. Bobby, anything? Not not yet. All right, for eight points, 19 seasons in Major League Baseball. How many games did you say this guy played? 600, right? 627. Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) That's very strange. Okay. He's from, for seven points, the United States. Keep going. Bobby? No. All right, he was a pitcher for six points. He, so he last played for the Red Sox, and he was drafted by the Pirates? Correct. Okay. I got nothing. He's two, 220. It's on the heftier side. <laughs> 210. Sorry, 210. Okay. He may uh, have gained a few since retirement. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry if you're listening, by the way. Uh, he who will be mentioned soon. Um, 34.4 wins above replacement for five points. In 19 years, so not great. Nope. You said he's 54? Uh, 53. And somebody did vote him for the Hall of Fame, so you know what? Right. One guy, at least. So he must have impressed that one guy. True. Maybe a good Christmas gift one year. I don't know. I... (laughs) He has it in with the writer. I have an... Mm. Okay, keep going. He struck out 2,156 batters for four points. Mm -mm. It's a nice number. Yeah. 2,000. Yeah. I got nothing. No, no, not me. Uh, here's a nicer number. He won exactly 200 games. Wow, 200 games. Exactly. And this guy's 54. You said 53. Okay, he could be see. 54 by now. I made this quiz a little bit ago, right. and his birthday could have passed. And again, birthdays are relevant on this quiz, unless you want me to give them. But I'm not looking it up. Nope. Not worth the effort. Throw out a name because I feel like I want to get some credit if I'm right. Go ahead. Is it Tim Wakefield? It is Tim Wakefield. Nice. Good work. There it is. All right. Points. Bobby's on the actual board, and now you're within a shout. Uh, it's 13 to three and a half. Okay. All right. Throw it oh, you only got there. two points for that? Three, three points. Three. Um, all right. Last one. So let's go with golden oldies because I get to choose now, and okay. these are fun. So A, B, or C, Jared, you have the lead. Let's go A. All right, this man is 57 years old, played 696 games, last for the Colorado Rockies. What is the, what is the, you said it's golden oldies, but what's the, you know, theme here? Oh, the theme here is he is, was at one point the oldest player in his league. Okay. Okay. And repeat that first clue. 57 years old, played 696 games, last for the Colorado Rockies. I don't got it. I oh, I wonder. Wow. Wait. So this this could be for the win right if now. If Bobby guesses out. it right right now, he wins. He can also take the first hint and win because of that uh, Jeremy Burnett's tiebreaker that we made up. What's What's the second clue? Don't say. But what's remind me what the what The first was? clue is the first uh, point clue is the height and weight. Right. That's not. It's not going to help you. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Go ahead. Is it Jamie Moyer? Bobby's a winner! Wow! <laughs> a walk-off win! Damn! Wow! Damn! Take it home, the trophy! 
Jamie Moyer, one of my favorites, and the only guy in the Phillies I ever liked. That is impressive, Bobby. I have no recollection of him playing for the Rockies. No one does, but if you look at the highlight of Giancarlo Stanton breaking the scoreboard on a mm. grand slam, Moyer was the one who gave it up, and he was a Rocky. That checks out. This is probably the proudest moment of my life. <laughs> yeah, Bobby won a baseball quiz. I am ashamed. You know what? I'm, the truth is I'm not ashamed because you, I mean, what you just did will go down in the history books of trivia. And so I, I want to feel bad about it, but I can't. This is huge. This is, I don't even know what to do with myself. I need to throw a party on the town, but it's COVID, so I'm just going to throw a party just, with myself. <laughs> You've got to hose and, yourself off right now. Yeah. I mean, this and is, the best part is the Jeremy Burnett's tiebreaker didn't even matter. He got it. He got 14 and a half. Wow. It's there. There's. I. I have no issue with it. I can't argue with it at all. And game recognized game. Exactly. Uh, amazing. That is my second championship. I'm now a multi-time world heavyweight trivia champion. That might be your coup de grace. <laughs> Quizmaster, thank you so much for this. This was a blast. My pleasure. We'll get to some more next time. Sounds good. Jared, it's that time of the week where we nominate and award our Chatter Champ and Chump of the Week. And this week, I cannot wait. This week, I'm going to start off with the Chatter Chump. And the Chump of the Week is actually a tie because it's two of them. The Chumps of the Week are the Cleveland Indians pitchers Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesak. So they're on the same team, which is good, because we can mail the awards to the same place, and they'll both get them. Absolutely. This is a fantastic opportunity to save money on shipping. These guys decide. By the way, Cleveland Indians, good team, definitely a playoff contending team. And these guys are integral players on their pitching staff, Clevenger especially. Last weekend, the pitchers broke the team's code of conduct that was implemented during the pandemic, and they left the hotel to have dinner with Plezak's friends and socializing with them, risking contracting the virus. Now, this is unbelievable. If we just take the St. Louis Cardinals as an example, this team played five games, contracted the virus, and then couldn't play at all. These guys break team policy leave and then come back and this gets worse zach Plezak then comes out and says that they're being unfairly portrayed as bad guys because everybody hates them for leaving and it's like are you an idiot how dumb do you have to be underrated part of that too is that it was a video on instagram that he put out and he videoed himself while driving which like just just makes it look even worse right it's just mind-boggling to me how you could make such a dumb decision to do what he and Clevenger did, and then to basically double down on that. And you're right, the format in which he did it while driving just take, totally takes away the sincerity of his apology. And, and just recently, they've now optioned the two of them down to their alternate training site, so they're not even playing for a minimum of 10 days. This is ridiculous. Indians president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti, was asked, like, is there any ill will, is there any hard feelings about this? And instead of saying no, he just says, we're all a family. We spend a lot of time together. Sometimes there are challenges in a family you have to work through, which is clearly the nice way of saying, I hate these guys. I can't believe this is happening. And in such a short 60-game sprint, what in God's name were they thinking? 
Yeah, and good for the Indians for handling it like this and taking it seriously because, like you mentioned, it's just it's an incredibly stupid decision compounded by the fact that we know their rotation mate, Carlos Carrasco, is a leukemia survivor, right? So, like, more vulnerable probably than, than other people on that team. I guess they didn't care about that or it didn't occur to them. Either way, not great. Just totally boneheaded. And I know, like, we shouldn't attribute this, you know, they're individuals. It shouldn't be attributed to the players as a whole. And so... I'm not going to do that, but it's certainly not a great look when you had the players association for months saying like safety, 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 we're not going to come back unless like it's safe. And now you have these two guys who are obviously members of the player association. Again, they don't represent the whole thing, but going out and showing clear disregard for the safety protocols, it's not what you want. It's not what you want. The team says they felt betrayed. Frank Cota, the manager specifically said, and I quote, I was disappointed. I mean, this, this whole thing has a horrible look to it, and I need something to lift me up a little bit here. Who's our champ of the week? Let's do that, Bobby. Let's give the listeners something to feel good about. This week's champ of the week, the Chatter Up champ, goes to Blue Jackets goalie Jonas Corposalo. We talked a little bit earlier about the five-overtime game. Corposalo set an NHL record making 85 saves. 85 in a losing effort. And you know what? I feel bad because... This is what I call the Andy Chavez syndrome. Everyone remembers, mm. you know, Andy Chavez's great catch in Game 7 of the 2006 mm-hmm. NLCS, mm-hmm. but it doesn't get remembered in the way that it would had the Mets won the game, right? Like, now it's just thought of as a great catch. If they win, it's like an immortal catch. And the same can be said about this performance by Jonas Corposalo, and it should not be forgotten. Yes, the Blue Jackets didn't win the game. They might not even win the series, but to play a five-overtime game and to make 85 saves and keep your team in it like that, is an awesome job. And just as a small consolation prize, Jonas Corposalo deserves to be the Chatter Up Champ of the Week. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, and you're, we talked about ice time earlier and how these guys go in shifts. And it's not to say that the goalie exerts the same amount of energy as any other player, but when you're out there for that amount of time, I mean, my God, your focus has got to wane after a certain point. And just a hell of a performance to be able to put up 85 saves. Now, He's got to be at least a little bit devastated that they lost that game to do such an effort and lose that game. But hats off to him, the absolute champ of the week. Yeah, you're right. It's not the same type of physical exertion, but the mental stress to play five overtimes knowing like if I let in any shot, I lose, which of course he ended up doing. But that shouldn't take away from how great of an effort it was. And I know that he will be, he'll feel a little bit better about himself knowing that he was the champ of the week. All right, Jared, that is the end of episode 16. We are in the teens. We are approaching 20 at this point. This is this is becoming phenomenal. And it's always nice for you, Bobby, to end on a trivia victory. I mean, come on. That was, that was legendary at this point. I am in shock. I, I'm not sure I'll ever get over it. Putting a trophy on my mantle. But that is all the time we have for this week. A great week it was. Next week, we'll do another What Did I Miss? We have a great guest coming on next week, Vicky Make, who is coming out with a brand new book on CTE and football. We'll get to interview her, and we'll have a whole bunch more of fun and games. Get ready. And we want to thank Brady Trettinero for coming on this week and talking some NHL with us. You can find him on Twitter at Brady Trett. And check out his website, GinoHard.com. If you like what he had to say this week, if you're a hockey fan, you'll definitely enjoy it. That's GinoHard.com. And thanks to the Quizmaster, I guess, Jeremy Tuck for coming on and working with Bobby to produce a quiz that Bobby would win. 
Sounds like you're accusing me of collusion, and I won't stand for it. There will be a review into your previous wins. Bring it. Bring it, baby. (laughs) Well, thank you so much to all of them, and we will see you all next time, next week, on the next Chatter.